Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to the Mental Debriefing Podcast. My name is Peter Tam, and with me I have my co-host Leslie. Hi everyone, or to anyone that is listening. Stop being condescending towards your own podcast, please. (laughs) Oh my goodness, it's been a while since we met or met up um how long has it been i don't know um we had a a new year's uh podcast last time oh yeah um that was in early january now we're in early february um i have to say the ride over here was lengthy but it was gorgeous i took a different route this time since i'm commuting from a different city and it was absolutely beautiful i've never gone through this route and the hills were gorgeous and then the backdrop of the white mountains were beautiful and then i saw the cows grazing oh grand avenue tops yes 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 i never realized how beautiful chino hills is oh thank you thank you yes it's a uh, very pretty place um that's why i chose to live here and it's it's kind of like in between the L.A. Orange County and the Inland Empire. It's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So um, my past and present and future are all kind of jumbled in here, which is good. Um, so, yes, it's been it's been a while since we've uh, recorded previously. And you were looking at my uh, little gemstones there. Oh, your heart-shaped gemstones. What are these all about? Um, I, I don't know which gemstones they are. Um, Where'd you get them? Uh, I didn't get them, Louise. Well, one of them, which I had last time, um, Louise and Ignacia, we were coming back from the dance festival thing in Phoenix, and then we stopped by Quartzsite, mm-hmm. and then I picked that one up. And then she went on another Quartzsite trip because she's a gemstone enthusiast. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, pick up pick up two more. So hence the uh, heart-shaped gemstones. Quartz- are you, you going to give these away for Valentine's Day next week? Uh, possibly. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a bit. Um, <laughs> Peter has some exciting news. I don't have any exciting news, but what's uh, what's been going on? Oh, related to Valentine's Day, I was watching the news and I wanted to get your thoughts and anyone who's listening, feel free to comment. They had a segment where (laughs) they were talking about, I think it was a zoo, where you can name cockroaches and other bugs after your exes. And you can feed them, or not you, but they'll feed them to other animals on Valentine's Day as a way to, you know, express your aggression or any ill feelings you have towards your ex. Would you pay to do that? Um, <laughs> not really. I mean, of the people I've, I've dated, I've never really, like, hated anyone. Oh. They've just been... Um, it's just been a unmatch, but it, it's never been a, you know, I hit this person's guts or they've had a, uh, 
you know, they've done something bad to me, none of that stuff. So I would never do that. But mm. yeah, for, you know, like, like, uh, you know, my parents are not in great terms. So possibly they would have, oh, no, no, they're, they're uh, Asian, so they won't waste money on that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I understand it. It's a good promotion. And then you get, get some media buzz around your, it's a zoo or... I think it? it's a zoo. They have animals there, or maybe a sanctuary. I don't know, but that was their marketing tactic to promote their place. Yeah, you get some good PR from it. So they did, and it caught my attention. I thought it was really funny and silly. That's cool. And do you have any updates in the world of dietitian and nutrition? Any updates? You mean... Personally, professionally. Oh, um, as far as my dietetic internship, if anyone's interested, I'm currently um, in my admin rotation. I'm at a school district in Whittier, and I'm working with the director of nutrition services. They have 13 different schools, so I'm learning the business side of running a nutrition department and I'm working on a few different projects so many institutions have wellness policies that they have to evaluate um, every few years so we're doing that we're also working on a grant as well a grant application uh, for equipment for a summer meal program Uh, what else is there any... Uh... Oh, and a share, share tables, which is really interesting. So recently, the government passed a law where food... I'm sorry, where schools can donate excess food to nonprofit organizations. And there's a lot of food that goes to waste at schools. So it's really great way to help reduce the amount of waste at school so we're working on implementing uh, share tables and donating excess food to charitable organizations to reduce excess waste that's that sounds good now is there anything involving like the um, improving the what's being served to the students or in order for a meal to be reimbursable by the federal government, it has to meet certain criteria. So they have to serve a certain amount of fruits and vegetables. They have to have a certain amount of uh, protein. So I'm learning those aspects of the nutrition services department. They try their best, but there's a lot of variables that go into play when you're selecting a food item for children. The children, they have to like it. It has to be functional. So, um, for example, picking out a yogurt, you have to think about, well, how easy it is, is it for kindergartners to unwrap? So there's a lot of elements to picking out food items that you don't necessarily think about until you are there and you're working with the children to figure out what's the easiest for them. But they try to do their best. They have salad bars at every oh, school, <laughs> which is really nice. Um, the students 
I have, uh, yeah, so they get to pick from a variety of different fruits and vegetables, which I think is great. So they really try to do their best to offer a variety of different foods to the children. Hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, that's that's very interesting. I've, I've had uh, many memories from... from uh, being a student and the cafeteria I've I always wanted to eat like cafeteria food but my mom always packed a lunch and <laughs> it was weird. what was your favorite school lunch and your oh you, you never ate at well school? I mean I, I had some but okay uh, they used to, well there was in middle school they had the pizza Hut pizzas which were cool uh-huh. um, they were like personal pan pizzas but they were like two dollars so that was expensive back then yeah. and um the tater tots, everybody loves tater tots. Yeah. And then they came in like this little cup thing. I mean the the rectangular paper container thing, and then mm-hmm. they had saran wrap over it. And then I remember peeling the saran wrap. Um. So yeah, it was. <laughs> I I always liked some of the uh, quote unquote unhealthy parts of school lunches, but then when you're a kid, it's okay to occasionally dabble in that because you are growing um so the food goes somewhere supposedly at whereas when you're an adult then <laughs> you, you've stopped growing upwards so you only grow sideways that's not nutritional but i'm just yeah pointing something out and then you know when you're a kid you burn a lot of um because you have pe so you you actually if if not for any intense exercise at least you're you have a period where you're walking around and doing stuff. Even when you're like, even for like the kids that like, you know, there was always the slow kids that uh, instead of running the mile, they would like walk the mile <laughs> and, and then it would take them 15 minutes or whatever. And that's like more than most adults do a day. So it, mm. when you're a kid, it's um, kids tend to have more exercise. Yeah, when uh, I back was in the day. Doing research for the wellness policy, I was reading about best practices and success stories, and there were a few schools that make it a priority for their students to get up and move every so often in the classroom so that they're not just sitting there hours at end um, without getting up and moving, and I thought that that was a really good idea. And more employers should do that as well when I was at Kaiser they would have this at times annoying uh message that would be broadcasted through their what is it like intercom system get up and move and it was supposed to encourage everyone to get up and move but realistically it didn't work in that setting because everyone was busy taking care of patients um so anyways it was but it was a good attempt yeah there's a kaiser thing like right right here uh-huh. um like two thousand feet from from my doorstep and then they do some uh some sort of medical research or whatever uh-huh. and then like all kaisers they have that path around the uh yes around the complex that the they encourage path. people to walk around in so um yeah, yeah it's good stuff Yep. What about you, Peter? Any updates? What's going on in the real estate world and your dating life? 
Um, real estate, I have a listing coming up. Nice. Um, Congrats. Uh, thank you. Which is, there's going to be an open house on, by the time this gets uploaded, the open house will be done. But Saturday and Sunday, February 9 and 10. Where? Um, in Covina, California. And 12 to 4 p.m. It's a really nice house, as you've seen on those uh, Facebook photos. And I had a professional photographer come out, and it, it, it's really nice. The, their kitchen, they've spent like 40000 on um, wow. upgrading like a few years ago. But uh, they've also another... They're an uh, older couple. Um, their kids are obviously all moved out. Um, they've retired, and they've decided to move to a Utah where... Um, it's less expensive. Yeah, it's less expensive. There's the outdoors and and all that fun jazz. So, the, How did they find you? Uh, there was a previous open house, and then... They apparently were impressed by me. I don't know what the heck I said, but, um, uh, and then we had an appointment and then, um, uh, we talked, me and my partner, Scott, and then this couple said, um, oh yeah, we're, you guys have convinced us, but, uh, we're not ready yet. And then that was like seven, eight months ago. And then now they're ready. So wow. it's exciting. That is exciting. Um, so I've been busy with that mm. and changing topics was, isn't it Chinese new year? Like it's not coming up or did it already it, pass? Uh, it already happened. Did you celebrate Chinese new year? It's the year of the pig, right? Yes. Okay. I, and, and I'm, I'm said pig. So that means I'm getting old. What does that mean? Well, cause there's 12 animals. Uh huh. So every time it's your year, then you've, you're 12 years older than before. <laughs> oh, so, I see. So, you know, when you're born, that's that's that year. And then when you're 12, it's that year. And then you're 24, 36, you know, you know how it goes. So. What are some common traditions? Like, what do you do for Chinese New Year's? Well, my grandparents, unfortunately, are no longer around. So um, as far as... What did you do when they were around? Uh, well, there's, uh, they would cook a, um, New Year's Eve, they would, there'd be a big dinner, vegetarian. Vegetarian? Interesting. And I don't know if New Year's Eve was vegetarian or New Year's Day was vegetarian, but one of them was vegetarian. So uh, my, my dad's mom, um, my grandma, she would cook a bunch of stuff and then we would eat it and then they pass the red envelopes to the kids etc etc so do the envelopes contain money yes oh so so that's what happens and then there was a gathering unfortunately my my grandparents are no longer alive so the the next generation you know my dad my mom they're much less into celebrating. So, yeah, nothing happened. I mean, mm. <laughs> uh, what did I do New the Chinese New Year? I went to, um, do they yeah, have I just a had a day. <laughs> lantern ceremony, is that a thing or no? Um, the lighting? I guess, ceremony. I don't know. 
I thought I had seen that. Well, there's like lion dances, and then they do the lion dance, the dragon dance, and stuff if you go to like uh, cultural centers or Chinatown or whatever. Yeah, there's a lantern festival also that was at the LA County Fair that may or may not have anything to do with uh, Chinese New Year, but traditionally they would like firecrackers and there's a big celebration and then everyone goes out to eat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those that their grandparents don't cook, they would go out to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, you say know, lion dancing, is that no, not lion, lion dance, not oh, lion dancing, lion dance. <laughs> So, yeah, they would do the lion costume or the dragon costume, and then people would dance, and wow. it it gets really boring. And once you've seen one lion dance, you've seen them all, because <laughs> it's really uh. boring. Yeah, they would, they would have, like, um, like log, you know, vertical logs or whatever. Uh-huh. These are the really advanced ones. Then, then they would, like, jump from log to log. So it'd be pretty cool. It'd take some skill. But then, of course... Um, most of the time, you know, they're just on the ground, on flat ground, and then they would dance to the music. So there'd be a guy with the head, and then there's a guy that their posture is really bad because they're the tail. So they'd have to <laughs> go around like this, um, hunched over because they're the tail of the dragon slash lion, and they would dance to Chinese music, which is not my favorite type of music, and that would be it so fun times sounds fun i would like to go to a chinese new year celebration i'm, I'm sure you have some uh chinese female friends that um, that's right i do they can take you there sometime <laughs> i'm not sure if they celebrate it or but they're they're more close to the source because they're actually from they're the actual immigrants so see if they're into that or not some sometimes we're not because um it's more traditional and then they mm-hmm. and then they want to be modern so they don't celebrate it and then there's people like me i just don't give enough and i continue on so i enjoy asian like cultural traditions and food i love um dim sum frank and i <laughs> We love going to dim sum restaurants, but I do feel awkward because when we've gone to traditional dim sum restaurants in Roland Heights, there's a lot of them there. But the food is fantastic. I absolutely recommend it to anyone. I enjoy it and I love the style, the family style where you get these plates with three or four servings of a certain dumpling and everyone shares and the Chinese broccoli is my favorite. I recommend it. Do you think people, why do you shake your head? Anyways, continue. <laughs> why are you shaking your head? Well, continue, continue. Um, you know what I want to I do like is I think it would be a great idea to open up a dim sum restaurant where they serve dim sum all day long because a lot of these restaurants they only push the cards like for a certain amount of time and it's very uh, it's like a sit down restaurant you go there and you stay for an extended period of time 
but there should be more of a fast food dim sum place. There are fast food dim sum places. Where? But just not around here. Exactly. There needs. I there bet you that would be really popular if one opened up in Orange County. Well, Orange County is not a great place to have. That's good, not true. Good Chinese food. Sorry. No, but see, dim sum is different from tr- like the the fast food Chinese food that we're used to, such as Panda Express. Dim sum is very different. I think it would be really successful to have a more of a fast food dim sum place. Um, There's one that I went to recently around here. I forgot the name of it, and there were it had just opened up, and they only had a few items on their menu, but. It seemed they had really good reviews on Yelp, and there were quite a few people there for being just opened, and I think it would be really successful in other cities. Well, the, the whole 24-hour dim sum thing that, that happens in, like, every other city, for, like, Seattle, like, um, in Daly City, which is in the Bay Area, right next to San Francisco, they have 24-hour dim sum. Mm-hmm. In Houston, I was with my friends, um... And then we had 24-hour dim sum in Las Vegas. There's 24-hour dim sum. And then they have the whole fast food thing that you're, Peter, help you're me, referring to. Help, we should partner up and we should open up a dim sum, 24-hour dim sum place. I'd rather work at Walmart than, what? than do what you're you're proposing. Why? It would, I think it's such a great idea. What do you think are the challenges? I mean, other than another, neither one of us know how to cook dim sum. A restaurant is a very difficult. Oh, and operation. your family has the business background of running. Yeah, a the whole restaurant. point of it was for the next generation not to run a restaurant. So, but I think it would be so successful. Well, well I'm gonna keep uh, pitching the idea to you until you agree. It it won't be. Um, like like one of my friends. Uh, he he had an idea where you you know the uh, the pork bun things uh-huh. when you go to dim sum. He wanted to like do like a specialty pork bun thing uh-huh. in Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. And then, so he moved out to Austin, and then he quickly abandoned the idea. So why? It's uh, running a restaurant. It's uh, you don't have a lot of free time. It's not like. You know, you work at State Farm, you know, you pound out your hours and you go home and then you can uh, do whatever you want for the next 12 hours before you come back to work. In the restaurant, it's more... I I understand what you're saying. It's really difficult to run any type of business, but I think that's a really good idea. Okay. Anyways, it's just an idea. (laughs) Anyways. Thank you for... (laughs) Just shitting down my dreams. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, the, the <laughs> I'm whole... kidding. I, I, I love dim sum. And I really wish that there was a restaurant by my house. I don't want to have to commute all the way to either Roland Heights or Garden Grove because that's where they're at. Oh, yeah. They have the, uh, the Vietnamese Chinese dim sum uh, places there. I just wish that 
there were more dim sum places in Orange County. There just aren't many. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Orange County. It's not a great place for Chinese food. I agree. I disagree with you. Why would you dis- You just said you, there's no, not enough places. And yeah, then- and then you said that I don't think Orange County is a good place for Chinese food. Yeah. Yeah, I disagree with you. There are people like me. I'm sure I'm not the only one that would love a dim sum restaurant in Orange County. Why why wouldn't there be a demand? Well, there are several, but there's the well, one dim sum takes a long time. So, obviously you go go on your days off, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not really conducive towards like a uh, businessman or woman's lunch, quote unquote. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is a lot of the young kids, as my dad would say when he's describing anyone 50 or younger, mm-hmm. a lot of the young kids that are Asian American, Chinese American, they are over the whole dim sum thing. So they don't patronize that either. They go buy their $10 boba and then they proceed on with their day. It's... But what about the people who are in their late 20s and 30s who are working and they want to have something different, such as dim sum? Think about how many pho places there are now. At one point, there were no pho places, but now they're everywhere. They're ubiquitous. I think the same thing can happen with dim sum. No, 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 no. Dim sum is a much more complex operation. So it's... It's, it's more difficult. I mean, if you go to San Francisco, they're just like, uh, there's dim sum places everywhere. Okay, so if it was so complicated, why are there so many in well, such for, concentrated areas? Well, for one, San Francisco is like a big Chinatown. Okay. Um, you know, obviously in the last 10 years, everything got really expensive and then all these techie people moved in. But traditionally before that, like the, there's just like Chinese people everywhere <laughs> in San Francisco, traditionally. Um, so that population supported a lot of these uh, dim sum places. Also, they don't use push carts mostly in San Francisco. They do the whole because space is very limited, of course, in San Francisco. So uh-huh. they do the whole check mark system where you order from a picture sheet thing. Uh-huh. So yeah, you need the Chinese people specifically. Orange County, there's the population of Chinese people is not a lot, even though I'm from there. Um, and then I went to, you know, as a kid, I went to Chinese school, et cetera, et cetera. It's not the San Gabriel Valley by any stretch. So, and then, you know, the Chinese people, because dim sum is from a specific region of China. So a lot of, um, you know, Taiwanese people, or if you're from another part of China, you're not really into the whole dim sum thing either. And then Koreans, you know, they're into their Korean barbecue. So you have a very limited market. You need Chinese people from a specific area. And then... How many Vietnamese people are there in Orange County? Way more than Chinese people. Not even close. There are, there are way more Vietnamese people than Correct. Chinese people Correct. in Orange County. Correct. Not even close. I'm going to look up the statistics on that. You just said that like it was a fact and you didn't look it up. I know my stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, the, that's it. I'm the, looking it up. The biggest population of Vietnamese people outside of Vietnam is in Orange County. 
How do you know that? A little Saigon. You know, I know Houston has some Vietnamese people, but that's different than Orange County. Okay, go ahead and continue while I look up my... <laughs> my... Um, anyway, so uh, there is some uh, UFC controversies, of course. Okay. And uh, Stipe Miocic has been whining about oh. a uh, rematch, which... Um, Daniel Cormier, D.C., has thus far refused to uh, grant him such rematch. And then D.C. said, I don't know. I don't owe anybody shit. So, oh, wow. I didn't hear him say that. Well, he said it on Twitter. But, um, you know, because uh, Stipe's been inactive since his knockout last time. So do you think that he deserves said rematch? I do. I think that Stipe does re- he does deserve a rematch because he defended his title multiple times. He's proven that he's well also I want to uh, point out that he defended his title while he was working full time as a firefighter. <laughs> That's impressive. For him to be a champion MMA fighter for defend his title multiple times for a number of years and still work full time as a firefighter. I think that's that that earns him a shot at the title again. Yeah, but no one cares that he's a firefighter. I care. <laughs> oh, I, I don't matter because just me, right? <laughs> no, no, I mean. See, he's busy developing his whole firefighter thing. He he never developed. What do you mean developing? It's a fact. Yeah, There's nothing to develop. He's busy doing that instead of actually concentrating on the business of MMA. And I think that hurts him in the long run. In case you haven't noticed, he's not the best speaker in the world. And I sent you that cartoon, which is kind of how he talks. <laughs> listen to the Joe Rogan interview when he interviewed Stipe. It's it's a uh, garbled mess, but so he he's busy focusing on other stuff instead of fighting. And now he wants a rematch. It would be easy for him just to you know go fight Derek Lewis, beat him, and then he'll get a rematch. So I, I don't I don't see what the big issue is. He can just fight one other guy like a jds or something uh well he already you know these guys that he've beat before and then just just win one additional fight and then you're in line for a rematch but he just wants an automatic rematch when obviously the ufc dana white and daniel cormier are not interested in any of that so do you think that uh, John Jones in DC are gonna fight again, or we already talked about this, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. Um, to close out here, do you have any um, final thoughts on life, nutrition? Is there any any food items that you've learned that is very nutritious, or is there any fads that you're 
pursuing at this point? <laughs> First of all, uh, I never pursue fads. <laughs> I don't have anything really to talk about. Um, what about you? Have you come across any interesting nutrition information? Well, I texted you a picture of apple cider vinegar and then you said it. Said no, so. <laughs> I'm not a fan of apple cider vinegar. That's that stuff burns my throat. Interesting. And I'm not knowledgeable in all the different claims about apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar. Uh, so, but we can definitely look into it if you want. How's Toastmasters, by the way? Oh, Toastmasters is fine. Um... I finally did my 10 speeches in 10 years um, to earn my Confident Communicator certification. Mm -hmm. So that's good. I encourage everyone to find a local Toastmasters club and spend one hour a week or one hour over two weeks to uh, help improve your speech. I'm thinking of joining. Frank and I are thinking of joining. There's clubs everywhere, and then they meet like every single... There's a club every single day of the week um, in Southern California, so uh, it fits any schedule. Um, other than that, uh, have you researched how unhealthy dim sum is? <laughs> well, some of the stuff's healthy. Um, a lot of the stuff from the from the carts is steamed, so that's nice. Obviously, there is some stuff that's fried that's less healthy. Uh -huh. So you need to take that into consideration while you're embarking on this dim sum tour of yours. <laughs> Again, everything in moderation, and they have plenty of vegetables. So yeah, you were you, you were can create a balanced plate. You were talking about the Chinese broccoli. I love the Chinese broccoli; it's so good. Super expensive, though. Yeah, that's why. I mean. No, but just in general, Chinese broccoli is expensive. Every time I go to Bonds and I buy a bunch of of um, like it's a bunch of Chinese broccoli. It's super expensive. I don't know if it's because it's at Bonds. Can I get it cheaper at a traditional uh, Chinese at a grocery ranch? store? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you probably can. Um, my, my family, we traditionally only order meat items because it's a better value. And then when we go out to eat, we just order a bunch of meat because <laughs> it's a better value. My mom's philosophy was always, you can boil vegetables at home. You don't need to go order it. So, mm. But anyways, um, yeah, you can create a balanced Chinese meal. And, uh, oh, we didn't talk about tomorrow's fights. Yes, yeah. Anderson Silva is fighting. Yeah. What do you think about him fighting again? Um, I think the his English has improved, supposedly, so um, that's good for him. And he, he, he was on a show after the Super Bowl. Um, and oh. It was like a talent show or whatever, uh -huh. and then they had people from around the world, and then he was like the martial arts guy <laughs> from Brazil, and then and then he was speaking and stuff, so... That's funny. Good for him. You know, he li he lives out in L.A., and he has his new studio now, so things are looking good for him. He's happy. He talks to the media now. 
He's a cool guy. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Robert Whitaker is fighting. Yes. I think Kevin Castellum is going to beat him. So <gasps> How dare we'll you. See. I'm a Robert Whitaker fan, so I'm definitely rooting for him. Why? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I became a fan when he fought against um, your immigrant mentality. Yes, yes. Uh, Romero. Yes, Yoel Romero. That was such a great fight. That guy has so much heart. After Yoel Romero kicked his knee, it went, I think it was like the first round, and that was a nasty kick to the knee. Robert Whitaker endured that pain, which I'm sure was just excruciating, and he somehow pulled off winning that fight. I don't know how he did it, but the mental toughness is just... Yeah, he's a tough guy, but I think Gastelum is very underrated, and he's beat a lot of guys with his fists. Oh, and sorry. What did you think of uh, TJ Dillashaw and, uh, I forgot his uh, name. Henry Cejudo. Yes, what did you think of that stoppage? A lot of people disagreed with that stoppage. Um, I take Trail Sonnen's position because I listen to his podcast. Oh, take um, your own position. Don't copy him. Well, the problem is I've started to listen to like two or three MMA podcasts, including Trails, and then some, and then I watch the MMA Hour and all this stuff. So, so then when when they, you know, when when they give their views, then sometimes you adopt them as your own, and then you can't say that. They're your own views because you just heard them bringing it up. And, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And then, uh-huh. so that's kind of been happening with me in MMA. But I I agree with Chael Sonnen, which is that um, Sehudo was the one that caused him to think it's go to the floor in the first place. So um, whether it was stopped on time or not, he Sehudo was the one that caused that to happen. I mean, if, if TJ was still up in... Moving around mm. uh, on his two feet, none of this would have happened. But he was covering up and well, he was on, on Joe Rogan recently, and he said that where the punch landed, it created an imbalance in his equilibrium because it was near the ear, and so it wasn't necessarily because he hit his head and it caused him to get knocked out unconscious or anything but it was just an equilibrium problem that he could recover from quickly so i thought that was an interesting explanation that he gave for why he thought that the stoppage wasn't uh, appropriate in that situation and he also goes into detail as far as how he lost weight and how it was very strategic and he worked with someone who uh, calculated how much you know calories he had to consume a day, the different macronutrient ratios, and it was just very, very strategic. And it's a really interesting podcast if you're interested in listening to it. Well, I mean, the whole theory is, um, was his equilibrium be better at 135? Who knows? You know, he's making this excuse of about his equilibrium, but if he was at 135 and he didn't have this weight cut. Yeah, and he's then, saying that he's never felt he never felt better. Yeah, that's fine and, and all. And the weight cut had nothing to do with it. That's fine and all when someone's not punching you in the head, but yeah. unfortunately, um, 
when you're in the ring and you're getting punched in the head, that's a different story. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about people's chin and their ability to endure uh, getting hit in the face. So at 135, if he got hit in the same place, would he have gone sprawling to the ground like that? Who knows? I think he's saying yes, yes. The, the placement of that hit regardless of his weight, would have caused him to fall because of how it affected his equilibrium. That's what he's saying. I don't know if I... <laughs> I don't know. That's what he said. So so we'll never know. Uh, yeah, well, no, we'll, we'll, we won't know. We will find out because they're going to do a rematch and they're going to ignore Marlon Marais' victory and then they'll have Henry come up to 135 and then do this whole thing again. So Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it will be fun. And closing it out, um, I just wanted to say that um, I feel this year is headed in some okay momentum thus far. So we'll find out uh, tomorrow if uh, my open house is successful or not. So It will be. Some big things happening. Valentine's Day. Any plans, ma'am? No, we just we decided we we're not going to celebrate Valentine's Day because we just celebrated our six year wedding anniversary last mm. weekend. We went to the horse track races, and then we went to this expensive Work. restaurant that I yeah I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> it was uh, the Wood Ranch in Anaheim. Oh, oh those are good. The food was great, but the prices, ugh. They're not, it's not too crazy. Yes, it is. You know how much a steak is there? Yeah, I know Wood Ranch. There's one in Chino Hills right here. No, no, no. Maybe I'm not saying the right name, but this steak was $115. It's in Anaheim Hills, right? It's, no, it's in, um, it's in Anaheim. Where is it's it? It's not in Anaheim Hills. What? Yeah. Is, is it attached to a country bar? Yes. Oh, that's a different one. It's not Wood Ranch. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I've never been to that one. How no. was it? It was good. I I didn't have the... I had a uh, taste of the steak, and it was really good. But I just... Oh, that really hurt <laughs> when I saw how much it was. I got their Chilean sea bass, which was, was significantly less expensive. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was cooked... Um, you know, in the right manner and everything, but gosh, just to spend that much money on food, just, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> but we had a great time. Um, we had a really good time at the racetrack. Uh, Which one? Santa Anita. And guess what? It was dumpling day, so they had dumplings there. <laughs> and I won $50, so that was cool. Okay, cool. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Adios.